So today I'm going to talk about why I believe Rich Dad Poor Dad was wrong about his cash flow quadrant. And there's a lot of things I do love about it, but let me submit this to you. I have been enjoying the cash flow quadrant for many years and I've been talking about it and using it as an example of how to leverage yourself and get from the left side of the quadrant to the right side of the quadrant to have your money work for you and how that relates to business and investing. Today, I want to bring some thoughts to mind on this way that has been laid out and why I think it's outdated. Are you ready to turbocharge your financial IQ? Hey friends, my name is Murray Miller and I want to welcome you and your family to the Family Business Podcast where every episode is designed to keep you focused and on track to live a life free of financial stress, worry and fear. Would you like to know the exact powerful money strategies that not only our immediate family has implemented, but also our extended family of thousands and thousands of people around the world? Well, then let's get on with it and let's begin building a financial wall around your family. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Um, today, I've got something that I think you're going to find very, very interesting. If you know me or you've listened to my uh, podcast in the past, you know that I have always been a um, proponent of the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. And honestly, today is going to be the first day that I reveal to you that I think Robert Kiyosaki might have missed the mark with the cash flow quadrant. And I'm, I'm going to explain exactly why I feel that way. But let me start by saying that I'm going to compare this to playing chess because my son and I love to play chess. And the more we play, the easier it is to think further ahead because you see certain things that you've seen in the past and you see trends that are taking place and you can make some bold moves, you can make some moves that you, uh, you know, are just setting up the next two or three moves. And I looked into this and I found that the average chess player knows their next one to three moves. However, a pro knows their next four to five moves. And a master knows their next six to ten moves, but a grandmaster chess player knows the next 11 to 15 moves, which is hard to believe, but that is absolutely the truth. And the same holds true in the game of life. So I want to get started by talking about some of the moves that you need to make to get you closer to financial freedom and get you on the path that you want to be on to really have your money working for you as opposed to you working for your money. So let's jump right in. So today I'm going to talk about why I believe Rich Dad Poor Dad was wrong about his cash flow quadrant. And there's a lot of things I do love about it, but let me submit this to you. I have been enjoying the cash flow quadrant for many years and I've been talking about it and using it as an example of how to leverage yourself and get from the left side of the quadrant to the right side of the quadrant to have your money work for you and how that relates to business and investing. Today, I want to bring some thoughts to mind on this way that has been laid out and why I think it's outdated. So now I know Robert Kiyosaki has sold over 32 million books and he's worth more than $100 million, but I'm still going to challenge his cash flow quadrant. And the reason why I think this is so important is if you get it right, 
This is truly how you become financially free. So people have asked me from time to time, Murray, what is the actual definition of financial freedom? Is it a number, say $5 million in the bank or $20 million invested? And I say no. And they'll say, well, is it a business type like employer versus owner? And actually, no, that's not the answer either, believe it or not. Um, and then they'll say, is it cash flow or how much you know you have or don't have uh, in cash flow? And that's also no. It's not a number or a type of worker you are. It's where you sit in what I'm going to refer to as the investor matrix. Okay, so there's four types of people in the world when it comes to your financial position in life. And if you bear with me on this, I think you can see that in order for you to truly achieve financial freedom and mastery, you have to first acknowledge of where you sit in this matrix I'm about to explain. And it took me a long time to learn this, uh, you know, through trial and error, through education, through personal investing, through countless seminars, books, courses, working with my clients, observing people that are extremely wealthy versus those people that make a lot of money but don't have any wealth. And I think it all started for me with the cash flow quadrant with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because he talked about self-employed versus business owners versus investors versus employees. And you can see this in his cash flow quadrant. The one sentence that would summarize everything that I talk about in his cash flow quadrant is that you have to move from employee to investor in order to truly achieve financial independence. Sounds pretty good in theory. However, after years and years, decades really, of working with families, I did not see this coming to fruition for most people. And when I further digest his cash flow quadrant, I realize he's just telling us about the IRS labels that are put on us from our taxation. He's telling you about your taxation status which may be a step, um, or just let me, let me just put it this way. It may be chapter one of how far you are in the book of becoming financially free, but it's just that. Why? Because that doesn't make you more money. Instead of obsessing over whether you're a W-2 or a 1099 or a K-1, we need to progress to a deeper understanding of financial literacy. Now, that may sound boring to some of you, but trust me, it isn't. When you get into this, it makes it, it's one of those things like chess. The more that you play it, the more you can see the moves coming up and you, you can see the trends that have taken place in the past and you can counteract and get yourself on track and stay on track and then actually start to see that leverage start to work for you. So maybe this is a huge step in your next financial move is just understanding this. Because to me, it's a total fallacy that you can't be a worker and become a millionaire or become financially free. As a matter of fact, did you know that more than 50 of the Forbes 400 billionaires are employees? That is worth repeating. More than 50 members of the Forbes 400, which is all the billionaires, 400 billionaires, 50 of them are employees. There are many examples of employees who eventually either bought the company they worked for or got equity in the company that helped them become uh, financially free. Just look at all the billionaires that pay themselves a dollar salary to avoid taxation. 
your W-2 status actually does not stop you from becoming financially free. So, sorry Robert, I think you were wrong in this one particular area. So, what do you actually pursue? From what I've seen and gathered from the wealthiest people on the planet, they care more about their investor status than they do their tax status. So here's what I've got for you today. If you were to draw that quadrant on your page again, you know, draw a line down the middle of the page and then draw a line across and there's four quadrants. On the top left side, I would put spender slash saver. Okay, that's the first category. The second category underneath that on the left-hand side is general investor. The third category, top right, calculated investor and the fourth category on the bottom is master so let's talk about each one of these categories the characteristics i see in a spender saver is a person who brings in money buys liabilities cars vacation homes even houses your primary residence um, what goes into those liabilities that they're buying is usually most of their money and whatever is left over goes into savings which is not a bad thing but you know typically it's not keeping up with inflation and they're not necessarily doing things that are going to help them become wealthy maybe they look wealthy because that's a big thing nowadays is to look like you have a lot of money but you really don't but that is not where you're going to actually gain leverage. You're working hard for your money. Your money's not working hard for you. And I think everybody starts here. I mean, I know I started here, but you can graduate from this category to the next category. Now, I will say there are three characteristics of the left-hand side of the quadrant, including the spender saver and the general investor. And that is typically, in my opinion, they know the least about investing. Um, they pay the most in taxes and they have the lowest amount of financial freedom. So that being said, let's talk about the characteristics of a general investor. Typically, the general investor has a very strong desire. They're desperately wanting to break out of that equation of trading time for money or taking on that next client or being stuck in that one location. They don't want to be there anymore, so they have that strong desire to break free of that. But they also have a reliance and a reliance on someone else. The, they rely on an advisor or they re rely on the stock market or um, you know something that is outside of their control, outside of their education level. So if you ask these people what they're invested in, typically they don't know. And even for the ones that do know what they're invested in, we're talking about stocks and bonds and things of that nature, they typically don't know why they're invested in those. And so I'm wondering, does this resonate with you? Um, maybe you're sitting here in this category. And the next thing about a general investor that I've noticed is they're always feeling FOMO. And you've heard the acronym FOMO, which stands for fear of missing out, which means, you know, these people can typically get talked into things like day trading or crypto strategies or crowdfunding or startups, things that they really know nothing about, but they're hoping to hit a financial home run with them. Believe me when I tell you, as a general investor, it's a good thing that you're investing, but you have to take the time to educate yourself. And that's what I've, I've always tried to do for myself, is become more of a financial educator than anything else and help people get access to the things that will help them become more educated in these topics. So let's move over to the right side of the matrix. On the top right, 
is what I called calculated investors. Now, these people, they allocate money strategically. Number one, they're heavy into education. They're always constantly learning more about what they can do financially in their lives. And I think that's very important that you have that desire to educate yourself. Learn the language of money. Know what your net worth is, is number two, because if you don't know what your net worth is and where you stand, how are you going to know where you're going to go? Don't just throw a number out there. Everyone likes to say a million dollars or five million dollars and put a number on it. Know where you are and know where you want to go. And then we can start concentrating on that. And then number three is we're going to create a strategy on where you are right now and where you need to go in order to stay on this right side of the quadrant and become more calculated in your moves. And last but not least, the calculator investor understands they need a system. They need to be consistent. They need to have tools. They need to have tracking. They need to build teams. They need to have software that helps them get to that level that they can become more calculated with it. So this is a really good place to be. And this is very important that you understand this is not hard. It just takes concentration. I say it all the time. What you focus on is what you find. And in the fourth quadrant where you become mastery of these all these topics that we're talking about in money, this is the last level. This is where most of the knowledge on all things financial come to fruition. This is the people that have the highest net worth. They're truly rich people. They have um, more education, yes, but they also have more expertise. I would say actually the calculator and calculated investors are the ones that have the most education, but the master investors, these are the people are understanding not only the education part of it, but they've actually got the expertise. To me, it's like the difference between a college student and a PhD. You know, there's that next level. You've, you, you can actually allocate your investments properly. You understand the taxation. You understand the structures of corporations. You understand deal making. And usually these people have a niche where they, they, they get good and focused on one particular thing. And then with that niche and becoming an expert, they now have access, which is a very important part of being a master is having access to, to deals because of your experience that you would not get in on, that most people do not get in on. And that leads to one thing that every single master that I know of has that is very, very difficult to get. You can't fake it, and that is trust. You put your money where your mouth is, and you become leveraged. You get deals that other people don't get. You have allocations that you can make in your own investment that allow you to be more speculative by nature. And this is where people come to you and they want your advice on what they should be doing because you're actually doing it. When you're at this level, 99% of the income that you're receiving is from passive income. It's from financial investments that you have made that allow you. And that doesn't just necessarily mean your own money. I'm also talking about investments in businesses because remember... The average multimillionaire has more than seven streams of income. So it's very important that you understand that the leverage is not just from your money and investing. That is part of it, a big part of it that we're talking about today. But there's also businesses that will allow you to create that residual income that goes on while you sleep. Okay, so 
here's the wind up. This is my goal for today. My goal is to help you think about money more like money is your employee. My goal is to push as many people to this level as possible. As we see around the world, you know, it continues on and on that people that are not financially free are punished by the way that they work. And I've been punished financially because of taxation, because of putting in more hours, because of never having leverage, because of all these things that we talked about. I think it's time to raise the awareness of what you have to do to become financially free, how to overcome inflation and wage stagnation and increase taxation and all the things that slow us down. And I hope that after listening to this, and you probably know where you are right now in this quadrant that I laid out for you, you need to be in the complete control of what's next in your path. Which path are you going to walk down? And it starts by knowing where you are right now. So now that you hopefully know where you are, you can forget about your W-2 status. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's just that you have to know enough about money to begin getting access to the right consistent investments to put you on the path for financial freedom. So today's podcast was a little more tactical than I normally get. And I, I did that for a reason and because of comments that have been made and and people that are trying to understand how they can break out of the trading time for money syndrome. And I hope this helps you next level your financial journey because what we're talking about is taking you from the place from where you're at right now to the place that you want to be. So I'm going to wrap it with that for today's podcast. Love to have your comments on it. Love to hear what you think, what you what you think about me kind of ditzing on Robert Kiyosaki today. Although, you know, I love this guy. I love everything he's done. But I think it was time for a little update on what it is that you have to do in order to become financially free using that same concept of the cash flow quadrant. I hope this was valuable for you today. Um, please pass this podcast on to someone that you know, someone that you love, someone that you care about, that you want to have the same information you have. I appreciate the generosity there. It means a lot to me. And until next time, we will see you on the other side. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join our growing family and begin implementing the success principles to building a financial wall around your family, you can go to thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call and you can schedule a call with us because we have saved a spot at the table for you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and the people that you care about. And we would love it if you would take a second to give us a five-star review to help future family members just like you find us. I leave you with this. In life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you believe, plan, and expect. Let's do this.